Good evening, everybody. We are here. The final service for this week. Q&A session. The screen says 175. We welcome everyone and we just thank God for the questions. And as we delve into the questions before that, we will look to the Lord. Father, we just thank you. We praise you, Father. We mm. just thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank, thank you. God. You alone have all the answers, O oh Lord. For we now, we see in part. Only that day we will see in full, Lord. So where we go wrong, have mercy on us, O Lord. Give us wisdom, understanding from above, that the answers may comfort your children, Lord. Comfort, comfort is what you told the prophet to speak to your people. So that a road may be made in the wilderness for the king of glory to come, Lord. Speak through us. Give us hearing ears, O Lord. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Pastor, we'll talk, start with the first question. Um, last time we talked about brokenness. I yeah. Think we should, on the same lines. The Lord heals the brokenhearted. Uh, it says in Psalm 147, verses 2 and 3. Would you agree our brokenness can manifest in our mind, will, and our emotions? Yes. The, our mind, will, and emotions are primarily the three components that Person. make our soul. Yes. So it manifests in everything, in our mind, our will, and our emotions. It does. It does. Because, you know, uh, like, like last week we explained in much more detail about the two kinds of brokenness, brokenness, the two kinds of brokenness. And the the first kind is because of external situations that is common to every man. That's why you always we get this question about uh, rejection and all that. You know, it must have been extremely traumatic for Adam and Eve to be cast out of the garden. It's not an easy thing from where they were mm. and to where they were cast out. But that is the righteousness of God. That is the holiness of God. So it's just a picture of the trauma people will, it will be like in the end when people are cast into the lake of fire. So there is a casting out in Genesis chapter 3 and there is a casting out in Revelation chapter 20, the third chapter before the end. So you will see this, a casting over this. It's very traumatic. It's not easy. Very, very traumatic. So people go from that time onwards, people have been going through trauma. It's, it's, it's not possible for anybody to escape trauma. Mm. It is not possible because it is, it's impossible not to escape. One way or other you will go through because how can you be protected in a sin-laden, sinful world? How can you be... Who can watch over you 24-7 to see that nothing happens to you? So everybody goes through it. And it will be manifested in one way or other in our mind, in our will, and our emotions. Because it causes us, like let us say, there is a crack in a vessel. It starts leaking from there. Hmm. Okay, so the crack. Okay, so trauma is like a crack in your soul. Oh. It's like a crack in mm. your soul. It affects the way you think. It affects the way you think. Okay, one way or other. One way or other it affects. So, it is not necessarily everybody who are broken react in a particular way. Okay, like, um, let us say, 
how do you put it across? Okay, I mean, a simple example in the Bible is the two widows, Naomi and Ruth. Mm. They come through identical, kind of identical situations, but they react so completely differently to trauma. And why Naomi is reacting like that is because of trauma. Mm. Okay, unhealed wounds. Okay, she's reacting like that. Okay, but God is always there to heal us. Always there to heal us. But the problem is, you don't tell the surgeon how to do the surgery. Okay, the thing is that, you don't tell the engineer how to build the house. You don't tell the physician how to heal you. You don't tell the teacher how to turn and heal the subject. All that we know. But when it comes to God, we tell God how to deal. And that's our problem. That's our basic problem. Okay, so that is also in one part of he healing is connected with obeying God. Obeying God. Let's look at an example, okay? Because this is where it comes, okay? Because uh, if you come to the gospel according to John, okay? The gospel according to John. Okay? Gospel according to John chapter... Let us go to John chapter 2, okay? And let's read from verse 1. And then we will... On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee. The mother of Jesus was there. Now, both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we know this story. Read verse 11 also. And then we'll go back. Okay. This is the beginning of science. Okay, now. We have always looked that the miracles in the gospel according to John are not called miracles, they are called signs. So, sign means it is signifying to something bigger than what is actually happening there. A signboard, like let us say, outside there is a signboard which says, Grace Tabernacle Church Office. Then the signboard is not what is important. What it signifies is what is important. You can look at the signboard, appreciate the signboard, nothing is going to happen. But if you read the message of the signboard and come in over inside here, that is where things happen. So there is something that is happening over here. There is a wedding. Okay, there's a wedding. And what happens in the wedding is that the Jewish wedding, the wine is served, whatever it is, the wine runs out. Okay, wine runs out. And when the wine runs out, his mother comes and says, son, and the son says, my time has not come. But if you look at verse 5, the best advice Mary has ever, ever given. This is the principle, okay? His mother said, because we are not looking, we are not trying to di dissect the question. We are trying to find solutions. Does brokenness affect the mind, the will, the emotions? Yes. What is going to help anybody with that answer? It is not going to help anybody. Yes, it does. Yeah. But that's not what we are looking for. We are looking for a solution. Okay? We need a solution. Okay? His mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. That is the key. If you want to come out of any situation, okay, this is a picture of a situation which can lead to brokenness. 
in a particular way. Shame. No shame. The groom is ashamed. The girl is ashamed. Everybody talks and the groom's father. You can see a marriage can, if marriage goes wrong, people will carry it around. Okay, things go wrong. So marriage is a very, like we have a marriage coming up. Marriage, people do not realize why we are so particular about the detail, this thing, no? Every detail has to go in well because it's two people's uh, most important day where something is beginning and you have everybody is a spectator over there. Okay, they're all guests who are invited and if it goes wrong, there is so much resentment and shame and let us use the word trauma they carry with them. Okay, so Jesus is saying there, there's a situation over there. So simple solution we are looking at. What is the solution one? And Mary gives a solution. The solution is very simple. Whatever he says to you, do it. That is where the solution comes. What is the solution? Whatever Jesus says, do it. It's in doing it, okay, like we saw from the Revelation studies, blessed is one who reads, hears, and does. By the time the book of Revelation is written, canon is almost complete. Okay, so the canon is there, meaning the Bible is there. People have. So it is being spoken to a set of people who have access to the word of God now. Or one copy in a church or multiple copies, whatever. But you have the written word. So you can read. So 21st century believers, we have access to the written word and people are educated in our church, especially when the children know how to read. Okay, so blessed are those who read. Okay, so God says, do it. Do it. Are you reading? Are you hearing? Are you doing? So there is a third thing which is called do. So what it says, whatever he says to you, do it. Now if you look at it, it's very, very, um, I mean, like this is where faith comes in. Faith means I just trust what God is saying and I will do it. Okay. Now there were said, there six water pots of stone according to the manner of purification of the Jews containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water and they filled them up to the brim. Then he said to them, draw some out and take it to the master of the feast and they took it. And the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew and the master of the feast called the bridegroom. And he said to him, every man at the beginning sets out the good wine. And when the drunk guests are well drunk, then the inferior. You have kept the good wine until now. So that's a picture here. And we know, talk about it always different ways. Pastor, six represents man. This is six water pots, empty water pots. Off stone represents a man who, through whatever he has gone through life, has become empty and hardened. And what God is able to do with such people. Hmm. The last shall be better. The glory of the latter house shall be greater than. So how does God deal with it? But the simple thing is that it is not one cap fits everybody's head. You have to do what he says. Amen. You have to do what he says. Okay, you have to do what he says. Okay. Now if you look, if you look at the story, like because of, of the book of Ruth, okay, it's a very Powerful book because uh, in human history, the most marginalized or 
of the two sexes was always the woman. Woman was put in a very dangerous position because the ruling is patriarchy. So the woman. And then first woman. Second is you are a widow. Once become, that's why God's word gives all this protection for women and widows and all. First you are a woman. Second you are a widow. And third, you are a Gentile widow in a Hebrew land. Like when we looked at Genesis 16, we saw first you are Egyptian in a Hebrew house. A Second, you are a slave. Third, you are a woman. Okay. Fourth, you are pregnant. And fifth, you have run away. <laughs> Everything is it's against <laughs> Everything is against Hagar. She is a messed up, broken woman sitting there and crying. And the angel asks a simple question. Where are you coming from? Where are you going? She gives the answer. Solution. You are broken. You are messed up. My solution is this. If you want to be made whole, if you want me to handle the situation, go back the way you came. Submit to your mistress. Mm. That is where the healing lies. Yeah, about it. Mm. That is where the healing lies. See, see, it is, see, a lot of people are trying to look for healing from brokenness without willing to take the divine physician's counsel. Mm. <laughs> okay, counsel. Mm. The healing doesn't come. Okay, like you go, let's, let's say in the natural, you go, you have a sickness, you go to a doctor, he writes all these tests, the results come, he looks and says, okay, you have this, and then he prescribes a set of medication, and he says, take it for three times a day, for five days, and then come back to me. You go back to him after five days, and you are really, really, you're worse than before, and he says, what happened? He said, then he checks and says, your condition is very worse, it shouldn't be. Then he asks you a question, did you take the medicines? And he said, no, I didn't. Okay. I didn't take the medicine. He says, why didn't you take? No. I visited you, I gave you a feast, I liked the prescription, but I didn't take the medicine. <laughs> Okay, so he says, if you don't take the medicine, so now the question to be asked is, is the physician to be blamed? No. No. Okay, the patient is to be blamed. So this is God's prescription. That's uh, literally, Derek Prince talks about God's medicine Medicine bottle. bottle. So when he came to the doctor, he says, you know what? He was a medical orderly too. So he says, when the doctor prescribed, he says, take it three times a day. After meals. After meals. So he said, you know what? I'm going to do that with my word. I'm going to literally take it as my medicine. Three times a day, I'm going to consume the word of God and believe for my healing. Okay? Believe for me. And that's what the Bible talks about. Okay? Jesus is the balm of Gilead. But what is Jesus? He is the word of God. So it's a simple. It doesn't matter who we are. The solution lies in what he says. Yes, amen. What he says. Faith comes from hearing. Hearing from the word of God. Okay, that's how it comes. Okay, and the problem is we don't like the prescription. You ask the doctor, is there any other way to get healed other than taking this medicine? He will say no. As far as I know, there is no other way. Oh Lord, what if I don't take this? He says, you will become worse and worse. Later you may need surgery, you may die. This is the way to healing. Okay, this is the way to healing. Okay, so if you go through the eight miracles of Jesus Christ in the gospel according to John, where they are called signs, 
in every case he will ask the people to do something that itself is a it's a lesson every case he will ask him to do something and none of them are the same situations are different we all have different kinds of situations we go through in life we go through different in life we are all broken we all come through the problem is everybody's head is different so if you buy one size cap it doesn't fit that is why in the caps at the back there is something there to tighten or loosen okay so head so our lives are different though we may call trauma the trauma is not the same even if it's the same incident because we are different we don't react the same way so we all diff- so you will see there is an avomi and there is root okay Naomi is very hard-hearted, but the problem is she has knowledge, the knowledge of the word of God. She has the knowledge of the God of Israel. So what God does is that God actually uses Naomi to redeem Ruth. The counsel of God is all coming to Ruth through Naomi. Okay, this is why God is telling to Israel also. Do not despise the teachers of the law. Be Listen careful. Listen to what they say. They are like Naomi. They know the word, but don't practice their life. But they are like hard-hearted or whatever. Mm. What happened? They are like angry with God or mad with whatever it is. We don't know what it is, but they know the word. So the 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 healing is not with the doctor. Mm. The so healing is with the, the prescription. Word, the word, yes. The healing is not with the doctor. The healing is with the prescription. So God is the healer, but what heals is His word. Mm-hmm. So if you go to Psalm hundred and seven and verse twenty, Psalm Psalm hundred and seven, He sent His word. Mm-hmm. Who sent God. God? So God is the physician, but how does He heal? He sent His word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Okay, so God has He sent His word. Jesus Christ is the word of God. Mm-hmm. Okay, so in every situation, the thing is that people have to do what God says. Okay, and it is that is where what we call the obedience of faith comes. If you go to John chapter four, okay, John chapter four, and verse forty-nine. Is a royal official, okay, noble man. He said to him, "Sir, come down before my child dies." Okay, okay. Jesus said to him, "Go your way; your son lives." What is a man saying? What is Jesus saying? What he is saying, and what Jesus is saying. One way is same, and the other way is contrary. The man wants healing. Jesus wants to heal the child. Man says, "Come." Jesus says, "Go." Okay. Now it's a very difficult situation like this because the Bible says the man believed the word Jesus spoke to him, and he went his way. God sent forth His word and healed them of their disease. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. What did Jesus say? The question is, what did the man ask? What did Jesus say? It's very difficult. Honestly, it's very, very difficult. Very, very difficult. Okay, like lots of times people will say, "Pastor, can you come?" I said, "I don't have to come. Call me. I'll pray over it." Do you believe? 
because always the patient seems to be telling the physician how to treat. Will you come? Will you lay hands upon me? He'll say, look, all that is not needed. It's not needed. You get three hours up and that's all needed. What do you want? Do you believe? Do you believe? Okay. Do you believe? I will pray. But if you believe, it will happen. If you don't believe, it does not happen. Because in your situation, there is no need to do all this situation. Okay. You need to realize what it is saying. Go your way. Your son loves. So the man believed the word Jesus spoke to him and he went his way. It's not a very easy thing because his child said the word of death. It is not easy. You know, it is not easy. Today's world, they will say, we'll hire a car, we'll take you, I brought my car, please come and all that. But if that is what the Spirit of God is telling you, it says, you go. Your child is healed. The question is, do you believe? So in each of our situations, we need to understand, what is God telling me? Because the healing is there in the prescription. But the healing will be manifested only when we obey the prescription. Obey the You look at anyone. The next miracle is a pool at Bethsheda. There is a man. Do you want to get well? Oh, no. He says, no. Do you want to get well? Do you want to be made whole? He says, pick up your mat and go. Now, it is contrary to what is actually happening if you go to John chapter 5 and verse 10. We know this man did that. Verse 10 and 11. The Jews therefore said to him who was cured, It is the Sabbath. It is not lawful for you to carry your bed. He answered them, He who made me well said to me, Take off your bed and walk. So now you have law and you have grace in conflict. But this is the law they made. It's not the law that God made. Mm. Okay? So they are telling him, So you need to realize, This is a Jewish man. He knows it is Sabbath. He knows how the Pharisees have interpreted the laws. He knows he is not supposed to carry the mat. But the problem is, Jesus said, pick up your mat and walk. And when he believed, he got well and he got up. Now the question is, now when he got up, is he going to obey the word? Is he going to obey the word or not? And he rolled up his mat and he walked. And on the way, the law is waiting. All these people are waiting. Says, how dare you? They are not bothered about the fact he's been sitting there for 38 years. Nothing, but they are only concerned about this one thing. How dare you walk? Work on a Sabbath. Okay. But where did this healing come from? By doing what Jesus said. So in every one of these situations, God will tell us something. And the healing from that brokenness or healing in any situation lies in that. We talk about the next one probably will be the feeding of the 5,000, right? The first and, yes. In what happens over there? Jesus tells one thing. First thing he says, give it to me. Give it to me. They have only five loaves to fish. Give it to me. And they give it to him. He takes it. Second thing he See, what he does, you leave it alone. What he tells you, be very careful. The Bible says he took the bread. Then we have another complete meaning about what he did. Then he says, make them sit down in groups of 50 and the portion will say in 100. So these are two things. You are in a problem. You are, you are broken over something. You are using in trauma or any kind of situation. You are in this. And Jesus says, give it to me. Give me a problem. 
In Hebrews 13, it says, cast your burdens onto Jesus because he cares for you. Would you, can, would you give me your pain? Would you give me your trauma? And just sit down. Now, sitting down is an act of faith. Because the last thing you want to do when you are traumatized is sit down. The last thing you want to do when you are worrying is to sit down. Sit down is a position of rest. It is not just sitting down physically. It is talking about a position of rest. Okay, so God says, give me a problem. And you sit down. When they have given that what they have into his hands, because what they have in their hands is not a solution, it's a problem. <laughs> because you have 5,000 plus people and you have five loaves of bread, small loaves of bread. If you feed two people, others will all start complaining. It's better not to feed anybody and send them. <laughs> okay. Because, you know, then all kinds of other problems will come. There will be a riot over there. You will have, you know, whenever freebies are given, how many people, Sandra Babu and I do tried giving, so many died and he had to shut it down. Because that's what happens. Either you give everybody or you give nobody. Okay. So they are looking at a crisis situation over there. And Jesus says, you don't worry about it. Give it to me. Give it to me. What is that you have? Give it to me. And then he tells them to sit down. To somebody, the first sign may be your solution to your trauma. Somebody else, the second sign may be the solution to your trauma. Somebody else, the third sign may be the solution to your trauma. Somebody else, the fourth sign may be the solution to trauma. Because each one are different mm. and not the same. So each one has to go to church, first go to church, worship by faith, listen to the word, do your own personal reading of your Bible, personal reading of your Bible. Okay, you have to do it. I mean, it was interesting if you know, uh, yesterday, um, I mean, easily the best known media celebrity in the Western world is Tucker Carlson, usually because of his reach. Yesterday there was a marathon, this thing in, of Tucker Carlson into interviewing different Republican candidates. But in the introduction, he said something which is interesting. Because his last fox, this thing, he had brought God into the narrative. And then he was talking about his life post-living Fox News. And one of the things he said that, I'm a Protestant. Because he's Anglican, Protestant. And Protestants always read their Bible on their own. Because that's why they're Protestant. <laughs> exactly. Because Catholics wouldn't let you, the Catholics just won't allow you to read your word. You couldn't even have a Bible with you. So he says, and he started, he said, I started reading the Bible. And he said, it was so fascinating. I've never read a book like this. Okay. He said, I've read Deuteronomy and I've read the New Testament. And he's saying, one of the things which I've got is that God uses the most imperfect people yeah, to do his stuff. Super. And he brings Abraham and he says, what kind of a man is God using who tells his wife, let the other man t men take you, you are saying you are my sister. And that is the man with whom God begins something. Father Imagine somebody who is just starting the reading the Bible is already starting to see stuff. Just see stuff. And the most well-known media personality in US, in a Republican, this thing about one-on-one -on -one interviewing different, different people, is standing there and as he's talking about his experience on reading the Bible. Reading the Bible. 
because what he went through was traumatic for him too mm. because from the top perch you suddenly been cancelled and thrown out okay without any notice just fired just like that where does he find his healing from the same book so it doesn't matter who you are you may be Trump, you may be Tucker Carlson, you may be a broken, uh, abandoned woman on the wandering in the wilderness called Hagar, a single mother, five times despised, whatever it is. The solution lies here. What did God say? What did God say? That is the solution. And we don't have to make it into what is theologically so difficult because what God says, if you look at this, very, very simple. Solutions are very simple. What is he telling Hager? Hmm? What is your Hager? Go back to your mistress and submit her. And you're worried about your future. And this, he says, don't worry. He'll be a great man and a great nation. I handle it. You do what I tell you. I will do what only I can do. You're sitting and wondering how can this boy become any? You don't worry about it. You do what I tell you. I will do what only I can do. Okay, you fill this six pots of jar with water. Don't ask questions. This you have so many questions you can ask. One, these pots are used to fill water. This water is used to wash people's feet. So many questions can ask. Okay, everybody inside has already washed their feet. Now, why do you need to water? Water. Don't ask questions when God tells you to do something, and then take it, and give it inside. Okay, you know, suddenly the whole situation changes simply because they obeyed their word. That is where faith comes. Faith comes, if you don't need faith to obey God, then God's word is a natural progress. It's a natural progress. Okay, it's a natural thing. We know naturally. If you boil some oil and you put onions and you put tomatoes and you put all the other thing and stir it nicely, break a few eggs into it, put salt and stir, you will get scrambled eggs. You know that's the process. But if God tells you, pour water into a jar and then you take it up and give it to there and what they get is the best wine they have ever drunk, that's not natural process. It takes faith. Do it. You don't need sight. Sight won't work there. It needs faith. It needs it. And that is something. So we are looking for solutions. Mm. Okay. People all around in the world are broken. We have the greatest level of brokenness than ever before. Teenage suicide is like never ever before. People are just dying, literally dying on their feet, on their streets. America, some of the biggest cities of America, if you look at the pictures, look like the, I mean, some of the streets of India. Some of the streets of India look better than that. The homelessness is terrible. You know? If you go down this lane, there is a kind of a slum kind of an area. But that slum is much better looking than the slums in Chicago and all. And SFO and all. Much, much better looking. Much more well taken care of by our government. Than in Hyderabad, mm -hmm. than it is taken care of by their government in SFO. So people are all broken. American young people have been sent all oh, for thousands, hundreds, I mean, not hundreds, how many years they have been sent to fight somebody else's war. And they come back with PTSD. They are like, no, they just leave everything. Some of the people you see interviewed or lying in the street, sitting over there, are veterans. 
veterans. Whose war are they fighting? And people do not know. Two days back, the order has gone from the President of America calling up reservists. The last time such an order went out was during the Iraq war. They are planning something with Ukraine. A third world war may happen. And we are sitting there and still don't know what we are getting into. People do not know what is actually, what these wicked people are planning. But who are sent? Young people. Reservists means you are being called up to get ready to go to Europe to protect NATO. Okay, and it is American. I mean, we are talking as an example of what American no? countries are fighting unnecessary wars, poverty, famine. Okay, we have a G20 summit coming up to show India has a showcase. And look at the state of Delhi. Can you believe the waters reached the Supreme Court? God is sitting there and laughing at all of you. What are you thinking you can do without me? You cannot even handle rains. And you look at the people, the poor people all sitting on the roads. You go through a calamity like that, you know. What do you come out with? All your belongings are gone. Suddenly it's gone. All washed up and gone. Everything is gone. Today's report says 66% of India is under floods. So we are under that 33, which is not under floods. People who go through that kind of situation, do you do you know how they come out? Whole life's belongings are gone. Everything is gone. You know, and they have no hope. If you do not have Christ, you have no hope. They lose all their belongings, their harvest is gone, everything. They all have taken loans and this thing and all. Then what happens over there? Ultimately, you hear suicide, 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 suicide. The man goes and kills himself. Now he's left his widow and the children to fend for themselves. It is Wrong. worse. Mm-hmm. So this is continuing. What is God's answer? He sent forth his word, his son. He sent his son to heal us. He sent his son. The answer is Jesus. There is no hope outside the gospel. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation for the Greek, the Jew, and the Gentile. This is hope. This is the word. But when it comes to the word in each one of our situations, like uh, the prescription changes, we have to hear from God. Like you have, you have. Eight miracles in the gospel according to John. Each eight different situations in people are caught in. But in each, they have to listen. What is God saying? Okay, when you come to the uh, sixth one, there is a man born blind. Man born blind. And he's sitting over there. And there are theologizing. Was it this man's sin nor his father's sin? She said, neither. Stop discussing sin. <laughs> Let us talk salvation. The sinner needs salvation. Let's talk salvation. Sin is there. It's You cannot escape it. All have sinned. Fallen short of the glory of God. You look to the left, you look to the right, you look anywhere. All you see is sinners and not saints. And that's why Christ has to come. So let's have a solution. What is a solution? He tells a man. He spits. He makes a paste and puts it on his eye. Then tells him very clearly, go to the pool of Siloam, Siloam. or anywhere else, wash your eyes, that's what is done. Now, you may not like the first part. The first part, first part is that he spits. You may not like it. But the simple question is, do you want to see or not? Always are not the same. 
Okay, so sometimes you have a problem and the solution is this. Hegel, go back, eat humble pie, say you are sorry and submit your mistress, shut your mouth, show her respect and stay there. Yeah, but that's it. Come down from your high horse. Come down mm-hmm. from your high horse. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Okay. Now, <laughs> you may read that and somebody is reading that, okay? And God speaks to me and says, you know what? I'm now speaking to you. How long have you been wandering without a job? Lord, so many years. How did you lose your last job? No, I shouted at my boss and he kicked me out. Now go back. Go back to your old boss and tell him, sir, I am sorry. I am sorry. Okay. And, it's difficult, isn't it? It's difficult. So humbling is difficult. God became, it is difficult. I showed you the way. And this man obeys the Lord and goes over there and uh, tells the boss, old boss, I'm sorry, I shouted at you, I'm this thing. And the boss says, okay, fine, but you can go, I already appointed somebody else. But what you realize is, next week you have a call saying that there is a vacancy for you, can you come here for the interview? How did that door open? Because you went, it's where? People are always looking for something to fall from sky. It doesn't work that way. God says, there are my ways are not my thoughts are not your thoughts. If you obey, if you obey, if you obey, that's one important Pastor Vijay preached that um, that uh, words. Uh, this thing, no, listen to my which you you preach. Fifteen, fifteen, twenty-three. Exodus, fifteen, twenty-three, twenty-two. Yeah, yeah. Yes, Exodus. Uh, there was one thing that which we need to be very careful of God. Okay, 15. 20. Yeah, 26. Okay, 15, 26. 26, yeah. yeah. 15, 26, okay. If you diligently hear the voice of the Lord, your God. Looks, read that very carefully. The second part is what we need to do carefully. Diligently hear the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in His sight. Most of the time we do what is right in our sight. Okay. Now even for the breakthrough in the miracle when Jesus says fill those six jars and take it it is right in His sight. It is wrong in everybody's sight. It doesn't make any sense at all. When the father is asked to go back, your son is healed. It is right in God's sight. It is wrong in the father's sight because things don't happen that way. This is our problem. We are always trying to do things right in our sight. But we are blinded. We don't understand how God's kingdom works. We limit God's power. Okay. This is our issue. That that one, when he was preaching, that's... Spirit of God was pointing me to that. Do what is right in His sight. Okay. In the Bible also, we are seeing people doing what is right in their sight. When Abraham is saying, say you are my sister, it looks right in his sight. Like if you say you are my wife, they may kill me. And then all the promises are gone, all of our sacrifices were living out of the child, everything is gone. But on the other hand, if you say you are my sister, they won't kill me. And maybe they won't take you too. It looks right in his sight. But God says, it was wrong in my sight. 
inside. Now, this is where the issue comes. This is where the issue comes. Okay, so people are broken all around the world, and God has come. God has already sent His Son. He's already sent His Son. He sent forth His Word and healed them of their diseases, infirmities, everything. But the thing is that there is a way to healing. There is a way to wholeness. Okay, ten leopards. Go show yourself. Go show yourself. So the Bible says, while they were going, they were healed. <laughs> what if they turned around and said, it doesn't work like that. You cannot go show your priest. You first have to be healed before you are exactly. shown to you. Okay. No, we can't. No, 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 no. It doesn't work. Please heal us, sir. Sir, please heal us. We'll go and show ourselves. <laughs> then we will go. But the first part is that they actually obeyed what he said. And the Bible says, while they were going, they were healed. And one of them stopped. One of them stopped. Because going and showing your, the priest is not connected with your healing. It is connected with the priest declaring that you are ready to go back to the society. So he said, that can wait. That can wait. Because I need to go back and say thank to the one who healed me. So suddenly this Samaritan is fitting into God's picture. What is that? Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. They are going to the table, into the temple without thanksgiving. Mm. This man went to the Lord of the temple with thanksgiving and Jesus said, where are the others? Where are the others? Where are the others? He says, they have been healed, but you are made whole. This is where it comes. People are always looking for solutions outside the world. Mm. Outside the world. It doesn't happen. God it doesn't happen. No. Mm. Normal kind of situation. It's okay. God has given us wisdom. God has set laws into motion so that every science works on laws. Mm. Okay. Economics works on laws. Commerce works on laws. Physics works on laws. Chemistry. In normal cases work according to the law. That is use your wisdom. Apply laws. It will work. But then <laughs> all of us have situations where laws don't work. <laughs> Yeah, lost. No law is working. We need a miracle. Miracle means the one who is outside all these laws comes in, intervenes, and turns the law around. He works something where no law fits because laws don't apply to him because he is the one. He is the one who set this laws. If he is bound by the law, then the law is king. Mm. He is the king of the law. That's what he said. Sabbath was made not for man. man. Not man for Sabbath. Not man for Sabbath. Hallelujah. He said, I'm, I'm the Lord of Sabbath. I'm yeah. the Lord of Sabbath. So that is how we need to look at. If you have a situation where laws don't work, okay, normally live by wisdom. Okay, wisdom. Listen to Pastor Vijay's teachings. It's absolutely, that's, it's wisdom. Like, like the four, Little things. It's wisdom. Okay. You see, if you live by wisdom, you need fewer miracles in your life. Because your life itself becomes a miracle because wisdom itself is a miracle. It is appropriating the laws of God to work on your behalf. And that way the laws were given. It will work on your behalf, appropriating. But there will be situations in everybody's life where Nothing works. God has to step in. Otherwise you will make like uh, the Catholics and the Orthodox people have done has wisdom into a goddess. Now wisdom is not goddess. Mm. 
okay god is wisdom but wisdom is not god god is love but love is not god this is the danger we will run into that after that we start worshiping wisdom and we start pursuing wisdom and solomon ended like a fool and realized the only thing he should have done was fear god and obey all his things so we st- you cannot detach god from it god is wisdom but wisdom is not god so greeks and like the was measured on wisdom socrates and plato and aristotle all measured on wisdom okay but wisdom is not god okay wisdom is basically applying understanding how god has set things into motion what are the laws that as he put in and learning to walk under that laws mm-hmm. but you need to realize god is the one who set this laws so god can any day circumvent it or cancel it Mm-hmm. we are talking about natural physical law we are not talking about the loss of his righteousness mm-hmm. or the loss of his holiness we are not talking about that but even there the loss of righteousness doesn't fit in with our wisdom because there is a righteousness that comes by faith and faith alone faith and faith alone otherwise how could tamar be included into god's family oh. we don't understand oh. we will never understand but god is the only one who is able to see into her heart and see why she is doing it and it is faith and that faith pleases him pleases him and that overrules everything else faith over faith in god overrules everything so this this is how it works so when we are people are talking about brokenness okay the whole idea is do you want a solution or do you like your do you like your brokenness because brokenness brings a lot of sympathy attention attention negative that's the only way you can get attention and people all want attention seekers they are and god says that's why he says do you want to be made whole mm-hmm. pick up your mat because your mat is the representation of all the attention you get mm-hmm. take it up and go you don't need that kind of attention that's negative attention That's not the kind of attention you need. You need what is attention, what we call positive attention, because of righteous accomplishments. That is the kind of attention you need. You don't need negative attention. You don't need that. That is not that is not making you anywhere good. So sometimes broken people do not want to be made whole. Do not want to be made. That's why God comes and asks this question. Otherwise, what kind of a question is? Do you want to be made whole? Do you want to be made whole? But two people are following him. Turns around and says, "What are you seeking?" What is the questions Jesus asks? What are you seeking? Okay, because we don't understand ourselves, so we need a solution from God who understands us, and He sympathizes with us. He sympathizes, but His sympathy is not like our sympathy. our sympathy is more like a helpless sympathy sorry what can okay i sympathize with you god is not that kind mm. of a sympathy he says i am the resurrection and the life he wept but his tears are not like our tears we will stand before a grave and we will weep but when he weeps he says remove the stone so his grief is not our kind of a grief his sympathy is not our kind of a sympathy because oh. when we sympathize we don't have the power to change the situation he says i sympathize but i have the power to change your situation remove the stone hmm. 
Okay, now he's there also. Another thing is asking the simply he's asking them to do some two things. First thing he says, remove the stone, and they're coming with all the reasons, and all the reasons are scientific. Four days, stinking, smelling. He says, remove the stone, and they obey. It's not an easy thing to obey. You think about it. It is not an easy thing to obey. The other, all the other miracles are easier to obey. This is the most difficult. Man goes there and he washes, he doesn't, sight doesn't come back, nobody is going to know about it. But here the crowd is there. He's been buried for days. He's smelling. And he says, remove the stone. And they remove the stone. And then he calls out and Lazarus comes out all wrapped up and he says, unwrap him. Yes. Only two things he says and let him go. Those two things matter. Those two things matter. So we need to ask God, what is that? What is that thing that is blocking? Yes, my problem is so old, it is decaying. My brokenness is starting to stink. What does it stink meaning? What does people do with stench? You avoid that place. Mm. I am becoming a stench. That's what Job will say. I have become a stench. People are avoiding me now. Your brokenness have taken you to this thing that people say she's she's so bitter, she's nasty, he's so nasty, just leave him alone. Long way they are going. Nobody wants to come anywhere near you because this is what your brokenness has done to you. You You are stinking. And God says, you know what? Remove that stone. Remove the stone. Oh boy. Let's become. Wow. Okay, remove that stone. A lot of people, you need to understand when you meet people, a lot of people who sit in, look, I remember meeting a person. I don't want to mention names, places or anything, but I searched because I had known him. He was a man of God. I had known him. I searched everywhere, couldn't find him, then finally found a person. So do you know where he is? And said, yeah, this is the place. When I went, he's sitting in the dark because he's gone blind. Sitting in the dark, he's gone blind. He can hardly see. I was so shocked because I knew he's a very interesting, no money. Sitting there in the dark, he and his wife, no money, this thing. So I was so shocked. So... I prayed with him and I took my wallet, every pie I had, I gave it to him. I didn't also have much money at those days and I gave everything to him and said, no, pray. Try to encourage him, much senior man, and said, you will come out, you will, you will come out, you will come out. And you, you don't know what people will do. Okay, This is not a man who does not know God. He's a man who knows God powerfully used by God, so much miracles and anointing in his life, spoken to masses and crusades and everything. He has seen unbelievable miracles, but you can end up like that. Okay, and God used me actually to bring him out of the darkness, and he came out, and he started recovering his sight, and then he started back, got him back into ministry, he started preaching again, so these things happened. But the question is, what is the solution? The solution you need to believe. Remove that stone. A stone. Ultimately, this you 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 shut yourself in your own grave and roll a stone and said, I am done, I am finished. And God says, No, remove that stone. Remove that. Okay? I am ruined. That's that is the living example is Naomi. Don't call me Naomi. Don't call me now. What does Naomi mean? Pleasant? Don't call me pleasant. Instead, what should you call me? Mara. She's rolled the stone. My life stinks. There's no hope for me. Don't call me. Don't call me. 
Yet, that is a life, that is a restored. You, you go to the book of Ruth, you go to the book of Ruth, go to the last, uh, last uh, chapter, no? The last chapter, okay? Chapter 4 and verse 13. Oh, verse, uh, verse 16. Well, let's read from verse 13 onwards. Beautiful. Okay. So Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife and went into her. The Lord gave her conception and she bore a son. Then the women said to Naomi, Blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without a close relative. Which 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 translation? This is an IV, I think. Okay. Change no Okay, relative. Okay. And may his name be famous in Israel. Okay. And may he be to you be what? A restorer, a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age for your daughter in law who loves you, who is better to you than seven sons has borne him. Then Naomi took the child, laid him on her bosom, and became a nurse to him. Yeah, read. And also the neighbor women gave him a name saying, There is a son born to Naomi. They didn't say Ruth. Ruth, yeah, water. Hmm. They born to Naomi. And they called his name Obed. And he is the father of Jesse, the father of David. Where to where things are. Yeah, water. But she had shut herself in. Mm. And God is a kind God always. He knows you cannot do anything with this lady. So he's, but you, if you listen to that lady, the lady knows the word. She understands. But she will not do a thing. So she tells to Naomi, to Ruth, do this. Do this. And when they tell this, do this. When they this thing, do this. And Ruth is a very obedient person. So Naomi is like the Pharisee who sits on the seat. <laughs> She will not, don't be like Naomi. Don't be like Naomi, you'll end up as a bitter person. Don't be like Naomi. But do what she says. So Ruth will do what she says and she will be redeemed. And in the process, she brings redemption into Naomi's life too. So our God is a hill. These are all broken people. You read the Bible, the Bible is full of broken people. But God heals not all of them. He heals many of them. Why? Because they are willing to obey. You, you need, you know, I, one day, one day when I preach about Jacob, I want to put the title from hustler to wrestler. Because he begins as a hustler. He's always a hustler. He hustles and hustles and hustles and hustles and hustles. Finally, he reaches the end of the rope. And he, he doesn't know what to do. He crosses the river. <laughs> From hustler, he has become a wrestler. But he's wrestling with God. Oh, okay, wrestling with God. Basically, and God is dislocated. He's a broken man. Actually, broken man. Doesn't know which way. Can't go back. Because Laban is there. Can't go forward. Esau is coming with 400 men. He doesn't know which way to turn. He is panic mode. He's wrestling with God. And God has come to wrestle with him. Because now he's broken. Really broken. Now God can heal him. He's come to the end of his life. He's ready to be healed. And he says, if you bless me, then a simple question. 
Redus your brokenness, how can you be healed? What is your name? In that question lies his restoration. You are broken. I can make you whole. After today, people will see you outwardly broken, but inwardly made whole. Outwardly, you will limp for the rest of your life. But inside, they don't know you are Israel. You have changed. You have been healed. But it is a process. Your healing, in your case, your healing will not take in one day. It is a process. But you will be healed. It's a process. On the way, he will be healed. And by the time you come to Genesis, end of Genesis, some of my favorite, okay, verses, chapter 49, and verse 24, and 25, and 26, when he blesses Joseph, okay, his bow remained, yeah, it remained in his strength. The arms of his hands were made strong by the hands of who? The mighty, mighty God, God of Jacob. Okay. It's no longer calling it the God of my father Abraham and Isaac. He's saying mighty God of Jacob. From there is the shepherd, the stone of Israel. By the God of your father who will help you and by the Almighty who will bless you with the blessings of heaven above, blessings of the deep that lies beneath, blessings of the breast and of the womb. The blessings of your father have excelled the blessings of all my ancestors up to whatever. How did this man, where is this man, where has he reached? This is what God can do. He's an overcomer. He's an overcomer. Okay. He's an overcomer. Okay. You need to realize this is what God does. Okay. This is what God does. If you want to look at other, other examples in the Bible, go back because these are situations in the Bible. Okay. Chapter 41 and verse 50. And 50 to 52. And to Joseph were born two sons before the years of famine came, whom Asenath, the daughter of Potipharah, the priest of On, bore to him. And Joseph called the name of the first one Manasseh. What does it mean? For God has made me forget all my toil and all my father's house. Because when he thinks of it, his father's yeah. house, it's only trauma. Mm-hmm. It's only trauma, what his own brothers did to him. Okay, brothers, you need to realize, one thing we need to realize is that Joseph does not know what has happened in his father's house. He does not know. He does not know why his father has never searched for him. He does not know. He has no idea. Okay, so think about it. Your brother sold you. Okay. You don't know what stories these brothers went and back and told he probably doesn't have much oh. idea about what it is. Okay. So there is trauma involved over there. And the name of the second he called Ephraim because God has caused me to be fruitful. Where? In the land of my affliction. He's healed. And he names his two sons after it. Manasseh and Ephraim. One, I have forgotten my affliction. Second, I have become fruitful. This is a man. Double fruitfulness. Double fruitfulness. This is a man who has gone Mm. through. Nobody would survive in a situation like this. We talk about 14 years of Richard Wombrand and all. These are new covenant saints who have the church, who have the word, who have the spirit of God inside them, who have believers praying for them all around the world. This is a boy 
whose father even thinks he is dead. There is nobody praying for Joseph. Nobody. Nobody praying for Joseph. Because as far as his family is concerned, he's gone. He's dead. He's all alone. And he comes through that. <laughs> he, cannot, he cannot even belong to the Egyptians. Yes. Mm-hmm. And he's, he cannot believe. He's at, it doesn't matter where he is. He's still a Hebrew. And finally he's thrown into the dungeon. How can a man come through this and survive? I don't know. How can a man survive? This is the, the greatest example in the Bible of survival in the wilderness. Because no man has survived a situation like this and come out like that. Kind, compassionate, righteous, hardworking. Every, how do you come out like that? Because there is a God. The only clue to how we came through is one word over there. The Lord was with him. The Lord was with him. Okay. That's what God is saying. That's the only, only clue over there. Only two times it is written in the Bible. Two times it is written. When he's a slave, when he's a prisoner, it is written, the Lord was with him. And what happened is, the Gentile bosses saw that his God was with him. Okay, so we have a group. We have that who was a God who was with him. It was Jesus. And what does the Bible say? We have, go to Hebrews chapter 4. You know, chapter 4. If you end up with 12, it is scary. Okay, but we come to verse 14. Everything is uncovered, right? Go to verse 13 and 14. 13, 14, 15. There is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked, open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Seeing then, okay, we have a great high priest to pass through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. Why? Verse 15. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly. So what does it mean? We have to keep going back. Going back. Going back. You know, that's how it happens in the natural too, in certain diseases. You keep going back to the doctor. He will say, come next week. And then after he says, come next month. Then he says, come after three months. Then he says, come after six months. Then he says, come after one year. Then finally he looks and says, you don't have to come again. You're good. You're good. You're healed. You're fine. Now follow this regime. Don't change this order. You'll be fine. If you don't, if you stick to this, you don't have to come back to me with this issue. It will be another issue, but I hope you don't have that issue. You don't have to come back to me with this issue. That's what the Bible is saying. Come boldly to the throne of grace, receive mercy, find grace for help in the time of need. We go back, come back, go, come back, and after some times we realize in that area I am healed. I'm healed. I don't have to go back to him with that. Now when we go to him, it's for something else. And he's healing. If you go to Luke chapter 4 and uh, verse 17. Luke. The Spirit. He was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the broken hearted. That's what Jesus comes. He comes to heal the broken hearted. And it doesn't matter who it is, whether it is like a priest on Sunday, whether it is Hagar or whether it is Elijah. He comes to heal the broken hearted. Okay? He's also broken. Elijah is broken. At the pinnacle of your career, if you fail, you choke. 
He just wants to die. He knows he missed his moment. <laughs> he know he's missed his moment. He know he goofed up. It's just like Pastor Vijay. <laughs> uh, what is that? Um, Raja's wedding. He just choked. And he couldn't translate anymore. He just stepped up and said, Pastor, I can't do it. And I was stuck in a strange town in a church full of Telugu-speaking people. And I continued preaching in English. But after that, when COVID came, I threw him into the swimming pool. I said, you swim in Telugu now. And now he preaches in Telugu. He's able to translate. Okay, that's what God was doing with Elijah to go back the way you came. Do this, do this, do this. Now that man, when he finishes, if I am a servant of God, let fire come down. He realizes, this is what I should have done there. I had nothing to fear. <laughs> I had nothing to fear. What I was afraid of Jezebel for? If she said anything, he could have called that fire down. She could have called fire down. That is Elijah's final day's ministry. He will call down fire, destroy people, anybody who opposes him. During the tribulation time. So you need to realize God has sent me, he says, to heal the broken hearted. There is brokenness. There is in the mind. There is in the will. Okay, there is in the will. You see brokenness in the will can make you very hard. Naomi is a very hard person. She, if she does not have Ruth, she will die of hunger. But she will die. She will not go to Boasfield and say, please, I am your relative. Can you? Because of pride. Self-respect. That is, that pride has caught in. No, a lot of people are very, very proud. I know of people who died like that. Okay, they refused. It's just, it is not a fasting. It's a fasting unto death. Hunger because strike. of their pride. Hunger okay, they refuse. And that can happen to people. Okay, that's what he's talking about. So brokenness, you know, like I said, the way out of brokenness is, the Bible says, humble thyself in the sight of God. What does it mean to humble yourself in the sight of God? What does it mean? He's, he's telling, no? Go back the way you came. Submit your mistress, Sarah. What does it mean? First, don't show your attitude. Listen to whatever she says and just do it. Keep your mouth shut. Honor, respect her. You are a servant. She is the mistress. Okay? Respect her and do what she tells you. Okay? It's a simple thing. What does it mean to humble thyself in the sight of God? My thoughts are not your thoughts. My word is not. Ways are not your words. So just humble yourself and do what God tells you to do. Either it will be directly God or in most cases, 99 cases, it will be the men or women God has placed over you. A lot of people are like loose electrons. I will only submit to God. God says even my son didn't do that. He had to submit to human beings. Then only I called him out where he submitted to me alone. I did not allow him. I asked him to submit to me personally only for three and a half years. And I asked him to submit to man for 30 years. Oh, what a proportion, others. What a proportion. 10 is to 1. 1 is to 10. 1 is to 10. And today, people don't want. They will say, no, I will only submit to God. God personally has to speak to me and I will not listen to any man. God says, you will like Cain, you will wander and die. <laughs> Does it happen like that? Super. This is the humbling. That is how you come out of your brokenness. No, so, Jesus is the way. Man, Jesus is the, the way. way. He and us. he said, as they were going, they were healed. As we are going in that way, way, sometimes we have to keep on 
you do certain things because God said. Why do we gather on the first day of the week? Because God said so. Why do we worship? Because God says so. Why do we pray? Because God says so. Why do we listen to the word? Because. Why do we try to obey the word of God? Because God. Why do we go to God when we fail? Because God says. In that way there is healing. What we do not realize is those who are consistently doing, doing what they are being healed. They are being made whole. It is happening inside. And how do you know that? You realize after some time. And something similar like this happened to me two years ago. I just fell apart. Now something worse than happened, I'm standing. What happened? Something is happening inside. That's what God is saying. Even though the outward man is perishing, the inward man is being renewed. Why is he being renewed? Because he's on the way. Amen. The way of healing. That is the way you have to do. Thank you, Lord. Why do you do it? Because God said so. Hmm. That's the only, like I said on Friday, Yesterday, I think. To obey God, you need only one reason. What is because that? He because he said. To disobey God, there are thousands mm-hmm. of reasons. That is your thoughts and your ideas and your ways which the devil is putting over mm-hmm. there. So many arguments. The question of lordship, as you said. The question, question of, of oh, that was on Thursday. Yeah, the question of lordship. Jesus is Lord. Mm-hmm. It's a question not about saving. But he cannot save you unless he is Lord. Mm-hmm. And lordship is always connected with what did he say? What did he say? Okay, what did he say? And just do it. Okay, do it. And in the way we are being healed. A lot of people who obey are being healed from their brokenness. They are not reacting the way, okay, anymore. That's, that's like in the book of Judges, it says. There was no king in Israel and everybody did that did which was right in his own in his sight. Own sight. So that right. is the issue. <laughs> when there is no king, <laughs> we do what is right in our own sight. Yes, Pastor Vijay. Pastor, there's, at, the uh, uh, there's a question again on uh, healing. Um, the Sorry, uh, yeah, yeah, maybe you can take that if you... I'm not able to understand the question. Maybe you should took it okay, because you're question talking about Question number five, the last question. Uh, you, you might be understanding this better because it's on em- emotions and frustration, etc. Can we ask the Lord to connect memory and emotions? We are more stable expressing our anger, emotions and frustration when God is able to heal both memory and emotions. Okay. Uh, see, memory is something we cannot escape from because memory is always connected with our past. Hmm. And past experience, we are two, usually two kinds of experiences. Experiences which are painful and experiences which are pleasant. Okay. And memory always plays a part in our life. Okay. Now we use it like the term we use. Those are the triggers. Those are the triggers. Okay. So we need to understand why do people react the way they react is sometimes got to do with memories which have been dealt with. Which are in dealt with. Dealt with. Okay. And it is, it happens. We all know it naturally happens. Let us say, and it has happened to me many times. Many times it has happened to me. Let us say 15 years back, 
20 years back I was in another country or other thing and I knew somebody was part of the church and is a very pleasant person very nice very godly everything and then I leave and then I come back to Hyderabad and then I am in church and then another person comes to church and when I look at him I automatically like him though I do not know him the reason is he looks like that person 15 years back mm. so there is a trigger from that memory but he may not be at all like that other mm-hmm. person but automatically you feel because there is something in your memory is triggering it the opposite can happen you know somebody was very nasty very this thing and you were always trying to avoid now here somebody who looks like that person comes who's actually very nice very kind but automatically you try to avoid that person it's because your memory is triggering something so memories has got to do with people with experiences and all it's got to do with it and the problem is one of the reasons why god says do not judge is because often our judgments are wrong because it's got to do with memories mm-hmm. and experiences and god says you are wrong in your judgment you're wrong in your judgment completely because the thing is that uh, the other issue is that you know what our judgments can wrong is because god is the only person because our our judgments are usually got to do with people right judgments are got to do with people the thing is that god is the only one who knows how people are changing inside we don't know we don't know therefore we could go wrong in our judgment completely because yesterday's bad man yesterday when i'm talking not about yesterday that is friday i'm talking about a person who was in the past who is very very wicked okay very very wicked you now encountering that same person 3 years later you don't know how he has changed inside only god knows god knows god knows in the same way yesterday there was another man who was very very godly but now you are meeting suddenly you cannot judge him based on that because you do not know you do not know okay because how do we make judgments it's got to do with memory the problem is our memory is at faulty our memory is at faulty so so many of our anger and emotions and frustrations has got to do with memory got to do with memory and so many issues in families are got to do with memory mm-hmm. let us say in indian context indian context like indian context especially putting in indian context sons were brought up differently daughters were brought up differently okay the mothers pamper the sons okay the mothers pampers the son and then the son gets married the problem is the wife doesn't know she's competing in his life with the memories of his mother how his mother took care of him so whatever she does she doesn't re- realize there is a trigger that is happening <laughs> okay so when she is asking did you like it the reference point is how my mother made the same thing okay now he is wise he will be quiet this is where the conflicts come because you need to realize the only one who should not have any conflicts was adam and eve because adam could not say my mother cooked better okay and that girl looks better than you she is more kind there were no reference points yes, yes. absolutely no so god gave them an idyllic situation 
where you have no reference points at all. Your only reference points is God. And God is God. So there is no reference points. But post that, everything fell apart. So you need to realize there is memory. Memory. Good and bad. There is memory. So we will, we will, we will look at, uh, Enoch had God, um, see if you, if you, if you go to the book of uh, Genesis, you don't have to go there actually. If you go to the book of Genesis, you will see Enoch had uh, a son called Methuselah. Met- okay, Methuselah. He had a son. Okay, now he definitely hears from God because the name of the son is a prophetic name. He says, name him Methuselah, which means when he dies, judgment will come. The question is, the word judgment is a very, very, okay, after he begot, okay, and after he begot Methuselah, you know, walked with God. So there are, there are two things here. One is judgment. Second is how to escape judgment. Okay. If you say, there are examinations, so children all panic. I say, this is how you deal with examination. So you have a problem, you need a solution. Mm. So the thing is, there is judgment and there is a solution. And the issue is that there is only one man who has actual evidence of this. This is Adam, who is around 600 or 700 years old when this is happening. A man who has walked with God and who was judged and thrown out. Mm. Okay, that's so a reference you, point. That's a reference point. Yes, yes. So you mm. look, all your ancestors are living. Everybody is 700, 800, 900 years old. Everybody is living. Adam is still alive. He's not dead. Mm-hmm. So if you're a smart man, you go back, oh, go back him. up the memory stick. You go all the way to the top and say, uh, I don't know what you call your great great great. I don't know what you call him, uh, Dada, Abba. Can I spend some time with you? Ask, tell yes, me how to walk with God. Tell me what is judgment. Mm. What happened to you? Can you give me the story? It's very fresh in their mind. <laughs> yeah, I remember how it was to walk with God. I remember he used to come in the cool of the evening. Wow. I remember I and your mother. No, we walked. How God was. How it was. Absolutely no issues. We knew what peace was. We all oh, that is talking about. And then what happened? We disobeyed him. What happened? We were judged. What happened? We were thrown out. We had no more access to it. So here is a father teaching his son from experience. This is your memory. Mm. This is your memory. This is how memory works. Mm. This is how memory works. Okay. So it is the faith of the fathers that has been handed over to us. One is a faith that comes from the word of God. Second is some total experiences of people. In psychology, they use a term which called our collective unconscious mind. Mm, In my unconscious mind, there is collective consciousness. Otherwise, why is there religion? Mm, Why is man seeking God? Even in the remotest place where generation and generation have been cut off from civilization, why are they worshipping some spirit? Mm -hmm. Why is that man alone is doing that? Why is that animals not doing that? The reason is every man was made in the image of God and in his collective unconscious there is and this thing there is somebody higher than me and there was you have to worship him. So he ends up worshipping. He cannot escape it. 
So when you look into it, in your memory are all these things. So our God will come and heal our memories. Like I said, there are two ways. One way is consistently believe and walk in Second Corinthians 5.17 if any man is in Christ. But then it is also a process. It's a positional truth, Second Corinthians 5.17. Actually, it's a positional truth. It's a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. But the functional part is all things have to pass away. Mm. So there has to be a healing of memories. Healing of that. Healing is to got to do with, like the earlier questions, got to do with those traumatic things. Okay, traumatic things. Okay. Like Jacob realizes what a mess it is. Okay. So he wants healing. He wants his healing. That's why God asks him, okay, you have an issue. Go back to that question. You have an issue. You are miserable. You are frustrated. If it's not anger, emotions, frustration, depression, despair, everything. God says, you know what? Let's go back 20 years. Let's go back in time. It's taking him through the process. What is your name? What is your name? Psychiatry, psychologists also do that, but they cannot heal you. Mm. They will say, speak it out. It is very relieving. Therapy. 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 But they cannot really heal you because it's only God who can go to your past and give you peace about it. Only God has the power to peace because this therapy doesn't actually work. You may feel good and little later you are still being bad. What the reason is, there is something over there which is God, which no therapist can do, which is called God forgiveness. You sinned against your father. Who's going to forgive you? Who's going to forgive you? You can't go to your father because on the way, in the middle stands your brother. So who's going to forgive you? It has to be somebody who has authority as your father or higher than your father who can forgive you. So God stands over there. I have come to heal your memory. I'm coming to release you. I've come to really have to come that so go back to Luke seven four four eighteen, healing the brokenhearted, and then you look over there. Okay, uh, heal the and proclaim what liberty to the captives. Captive? Who's the captive? Jacob is the captive of his past. His very name itself is a cap. Is the name of captivity? You're Jacob. What does it mean? You are a supplanter. You are a deceiver. You deceived your father. When you ran from your in-law, father-in-law's house, you deceived him also. You are a constant deceiver. <laughs> that's that's your memory. I want to heal you. I want to heal you. So I want to change your entire change. That the past has been handled with. All things have passed away. All things have been made new. There has to be a change of name. What's your name? First tell me what's your name. Jacob. Jacob is the sum total of his past. I want to change your past. What is that? Your name shall be from today. What is that? It shall be Israel. So you know what? God is taking him into the past and healing his memories. Only God can do it. Only God can do it. And God can do it through a man. But it's God who is doing it. A man is just a vessel over there. But God is the one who is doing it. A therapist cannot do it. Mm. The therapist, if it's not a believing counselor, cannot say, you know what? I stand here and I'm telling you in the name of Jesus, believe you are forgiven. If you have repented, the blood of Jesus cleansed you. He cannot say that. He doesn't know that how today. So he will say, just say that. You will feel good. You will feel relieved. But in the long run, it still doesn't work. Because... The past stands. That is why if you go to Romans chapter 5, 
Okay, Raman. Let's go to four and the last two verses and then go to five. Five one onwards. Okay, then only the connection is there. But the chapter division takes that flow of chapter four, the last two, okay? Not only for Abraham alone, but also for us. It shall be imputed to us who believe in him who raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered up because of our offenses, our offenses and was raised because of our justice. There are two things. He died for our offenses, but he rose again for our justification. Two things are happening. I sinned. He died. I was justified for that he was raised up. So two things are happening. Now, if you come to chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, having been justified by faith, what do we have? Peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you know peace has always got to do with the past? Always got to do with the past. <laughs> that is the answer to the question. The answer to the question is, you need to have peace about your past, recent past. Okay, what is the only way? The only way is the blood of Jesus. There's no other way. The only thing that can, because you know, <coughs> none of us have the power to undo our past. What can you do? Can you undo it? What can you do? You can undo it. There's nothing you can do about your past. It's 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 in your past. This how can you make Moses has killed a man? How does he undo it? It's impossible. Jacob has, uh, David has lied. He has committed adultery. Uriah is dead. How do you undo it? You can only undo it by standing before God and the man of God and saying, Lord, I have sinned. Just I have taken it. Wow. But the problem is, he says, the sword will not depart your house. Now it has passed on to your generations. You are forgiven. You will die well. You will live well. You will die well. I will finish my task. But what you did is gone beyond you. It will pass on. It will pass on. But what can you do? All you can do is stand before God and say, God, I have sent. If you confess, immediately the power of God's word comes into picture. The power of God. If you confess, he is faithful. And the Bible says the blood of Jesus cleanses you of all righteousness. And the thing is that, that is where verse 1 says, we have been justified by, by faith. You have to believe. You cannot go by your feelings because the devil will come back and say, yeah. nah, it doesn't work like that. That's where you know. God said, mm. I oh. take it by his word. I'm not going to believe what you say. I'm not even going to believe my own feelings. I will not feel condemned. I will walk by faith because he said, if I confess, oh, thank you, Lord. he is faithful. I'm standing on what okay. he has he said. said. He said, if I confess, he is faithful and the blood of Jesus cleanses me. I'm not, if I believe my feelings, then my feelings is more powerful than the blood of Jesus. No. There is nothing more powerful in the spiritual realm connected with sin than the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus cleanses you of all unrighteousness. Unrighteousness is what sin does to you. It's done. So if unrighteousness has been removed, then what you revert back to? Righteousness. So we have been justified by faith. We have peace with God. This is the process. You have to go through the process. And the thing is that faith has to come in. What is faith? Faith is believing what God has said. David, and after that, it is incredible what they did. That, and that whole chapter is unbelievably powerful because the next thing, the child is ill. The child is ill. 
And David is on his face before God. Seven days. He is on his face before God. And what a man. And then his servants, he looks at from the side, he looks. His servants are talking. And he understands. He looks at them and says, he's a child. And they were afraid. Because they said, when the child is ill, he's reacting like this. If we say the child is dead, what will he do? But they don't know this man. This is a man who has learned to walk with God. He rises up. And then he does this eight incredible things. Let's look at that. Because that's a, that's a part of your healing. It's a part of your memories. Second chapter, chapter, uh, second Samuel chapter 12. And, uh, words, uh, yeah. <coughs> chapter, uh, 12. And verse 20. David arose from the ground. That's the first thing he did. He washed. That's the second thing he did. He anointed himself. That's the third thing he did. He changed his clothes. That's the fourth thing he did. He went to the house of the Lord. That's the fifth thing he did. He worshipped. That's the sixth thing he did. He went to his own house. That's the seventh thing he did. And when he requested, he set before food before him and he ate. That's the eighth thing he did. He did eight things. And all these eight things is going to help him to do with his memory, with his frustration, with his anger, with his emotions. Everything, that's the pathway of you go. And if you look at it, everything, first thing he did, he arose. You have to rise. It's not a small thing. From Hagar to Jacob to everybody, God says, arise. Hmm. Arise. You have to get up. You have to make a action. Okay, I'm not going to, if I sit here, I will die. Hmm. If I sit like in my misery, I will die. I want to arise. I want to get up. It's a spiritual act. Not so much a physical thing. It's a spiritual act. I'm going to rise from the ground. The second thing he does, he's been lying there for seven days, probably in sackcloth and ashes and dust and everything. He goes and he washes it all off. The first thing he does, he washes it all off. That means the washing of the water by the word. You know what? You go See, technically, a lot of people don't do this. Because when you want something from God and opposite happens, they get mad at God. The last thing they want to do is to listen to a message or read the word. He does exactly the opposite thing. He washes himself. You go back to the washing of the water of God. You don't do what the devil tells you or emotion tells you. You do what God tells you to do. You know what he did? He washes himself. And that's what Jesus tells in John. You can come back here, John chapter 15 and verse 3. Right, yes, yes, yes. Okay. Abide in me and my words. You're already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. How did the disciples, how were the disciples? Did they know that? No. And Jesus said, you're clean. Why? Because you're walking with me. I'm speaking to you. You are listening. Yes, I'm speaking to you. I have spoken. You are listening, listening. The word of God is doing something within them. And they are not even aware. Simply because they are listening to the word. That's what God is saying. Keep listening to my word. Keep reading my word. Go to church. Keep listening. Keep listening. Keep listening. You don't know what the word is doing inside you. I know what the word is doing inside you. That's what the Bible says. He rose and he washed himself. He washed. And the second, third thing he does is he anointed himself. There is a washing of the word. There's an anointing of the Holy Spirit. You go and God, Lord, anoint me again. Anoint me, Lord. Anoint. We have to believe because anointing is the one that teaches you. Anointing is the one that breaks the yoke. It's the anointing. He anoints himself. So each one of this is important. You have to ask God, anoint me afresh, Lord. Today is a new day. Yesterday is over. Wash me clean by your word and spirit of God. Anoint me. And what did he do? He changed his clothes. 
he was in mourning clothes. He changed his clothes completely. Okay, that's what the Bible says in the word. It's a put on the garment of praise. praise. When the spirit of heaviness comes, the spirit of heaviness itself is a garment. Now you look at people who are depressed. I remember when I was in college, it's <laughs> funny thing I have to say it in public. I was in college studying, you know. My girlfriend ditched me. If you had seen me the next week trying to grow your beard, hair is all unkempt. <laughs> and people are look they didn't have to I didn't yes. have to open my word. Everybody says your girlfriend ditched you, right? Because it was showing. No second guessing. No second guessing. Okay. That's how people walk around. God, it's, it's an act of faith. Change your clothes. Wash yourself. Change. If you believe in the God of resurrection, change your clothes. If you believe he's the God, your son is dead and God has no more power over it and you are, it is a, then Go the way you are. But if you believe, I am the resurrection and the life, change your clothes. Change your clothes. That's what God is talking about. He changed his clothes. He changed his clothes. He put on the hand. He went into the house of the Lord. A lot of people don't go into the house of the Lord because there are many houses. <laughs> you can go. <laughs> they go to those houses, get drunk, or they go to the brothel. To, they do all kind of things. Every kind of house they go to forget the pain. Why are people, why are young people on addiction? They just first it was to forget the pain, now they have become addicts. They're just trying to forget. Hmm. But he didn't do that. He went to the house of the Lord. A lot of people will go to the house of the Lord in a kind of, okay, that is the right thing to do. But they will go sit there in the back and they will be, that's not what he worshipped. You can go to the right house, but the question is, how are you doing? Are you worshipping? Now look at when he's worshipping, he's worshipping when his son is dead. Okay, so there is a collective memory of your faith. He realizes when Job lost all his children, he worshipped. Mm. David lost his son. Job was a righteous man and he lost his son. I sinned. I lost my son. Paul and Silas were beaten up for deliverance and they worshipped. This is our collective memory as saints. They worship, they worship, they They worship, worship, they worship. worship. I too will worship. This is the cloud of saints that are around us. They're, they're expi- what did they do? What did they do? What did they do? Don't look at the other ones that went to the bar, that went to the brothel. No, that is not our memory. Our memory is, I want to come out of my brokenness. What is God's way? Mm. This is God's way. He arose. Mm. He arose. He washed. He anointed. He went to the house of the Lord and then he worshipped. After that, where did he go? He went to his own house. I don't want to go to my own house because that's where all those memories are. I will go to my friend's house and look for... No, he went to his own house. Went back. Because you have to face your reality one way. I'm going back to my house and my son is not there. People try shifting their houses. They're shifting their location. Look for a new job. You know, you run from your trouble. Your trouble will follow you. you. Actually, go ahead of you. It will, wherever you go, it will be there. You have to face it. You have to face it in the strength and the power of God. So he goes back to his own house. That's come where on. his son died. Come on, come on. You come have on. to. These are simple. You know, I have priests on these words in so many funerals. And each time it is very powerful. What a man this is. What a man he is. He goes to his own house. Okay. And people will do that also. But they are so depressed and so they have, I have no appetite at all. I don't want to eat. Instead, you know what? He said, set me food. 
He does contrarily opposite to what he is doing. Everything opposite to what a natural man does. Everything he does is opposite. Everything natural man will do none of this. He will lie on the floor and he will wail and he cry and he will. No, nobody can console him. Nobody can console. That's what cancels out. Do you remember? I show you another portion. Look at another man. Go to the book of Genesis. Go to the book of Genesis. Chapter 37 and verse 34 and 35. Jacob tore his clothes, put sackcloth on his waist, mourned for his son many days. And all his sons and all his daughters arose to comfort him. But he refused to be comforted. And he said, for I shall go down into the grave to my son in mourning. Thus his father wept for him. Look at him. He's gone. He's gone for, you know how many years? 22 years. He's gone. Uh, my approximate, yes, at yes, least 22, years. 13 plus That's 7, 20 plus 1 year, second year of famine. If you want, this is why the word of God is very, very powerful. You go back to the yes, book of Genesis and when he hears about, you know, okay. Chapter 45. Okay. And words 25 onwards, 45, 25 onwards. Okay, this Then they came out of the land of Egypt, came to the land of Canaan to Jacob, their father. They told him, saying, Joseph is still alive and is governor over all the land of Egypt. And Jacob's heart stood still because he did not believe them. Next verse. When they told him all the words which Joseph had said to them, and when he saw the carts which Joseph had sent to carry him, the spirit of Jacob, their father, revived. revived. That's when it revived. 22 years gone. But son is not dead. He's alive. Son is not dead. He's alive. But he's down. So, 22 years of your life has gone. You know, this is what the devil does. He sees a man. He sees a woman. There's a call of God upon his life. There's a call upon the hand of God. is upon. Him. He creates a situation. They go into trauma. And they go into depression. And they sit like that. And Jesus comes and asks you, Do you want to get well? Do you want to get well? And your always excuse is back in your past. Hmm. Somebody else, somebody else did this to me. Somebody else gets in before. It's basically a format. This is a format. Something happened to me in my past. God says, I know what happened in your past. I'm the God of your past. I'm the only one who can give you past. But I have come to set the captive free. You are a prisoner in your head. Do you want to get well? Do you want to get well? Go back to first, uh, Second Samuel 12 and see what the servants will say. And they will ask him this question. So okay. verse 21. Okay, that's it. And he ate. And the servants asked him this question, 21 and 22. Okay. Then his servant said to him, what is that you have done? You are not normal. You are abnormal. God says, my boy is normal. People are saying you are abnormal. You fasted and wept for the child while he was alive. When the child lowed, you arose and ate food. What is this? He said to me, this is it. While the child was alive, I fasted and wept for I said, who can tell whether the Lord will be gracious to me and the child may live? I know God said that, but I always know God is a God who changes his mind because he dislikes judgment. He loves mercy. Who knows? I know I'm banking on God's mercy. I know he said that the sword shall not depart from your house or all that, but who knows? When, when it comes to judgment, you always have a chance. He will change that and show mercy. Exactly. 
Oh, that is our color, collective consciousness. That too. is our color. Our God is a God of mercy. Okay, God of mercy. Okay. Amen. And the child may live. But it didn't happen. Now he is dead. Why should I fast? Why should I fast? Can I bring him back again? No. Then comes the statement. I shall go to him. Thank you, Lord. I shall go to him. But he shall not return to me. He says, you know what? There is hope of resurrection. Hmm. I will go to him. He's not going to come back to him. I've got life to look. I've got things to do. But I know one day I will see him. Job also will say that one thing. I know my Redeemer loves. These are the greats in the Bible. How did they come out? What did they hold on to? What did they hold on to? I mean, Job's case is a different thing because he's asking, because all his friends are coming and tell you must have done something really wrong. This can't happen to normal people. You're a good man. You say you're a good man. But how can such terrible things, this is a usual dichotomy, which disciples are all asking. This man is born blind. Did he sin or his father sin? The same question, Job, you lost all your wealth because it's God who prospers. You lost all your children. How can that happen if you haven't sinned? Just repent. And he is scratching his head, where did I go wrong? Did I do this? Did I do this? All these arguments are going on. Nobody knows what is happening in heaven. Absolutely. Nobody knows what is happening. There is a test case happening over here. So all these things are happening. But after some time, he starts getting darker and darker and darker and cursing his day. He was born and questioning. And then finally God comes and says, hey, 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 stop, stop. Enough. You are darkening. My counsel with your ignorance. Okay? So, this is where it is happening. So, everywhere you have to look at these things, these were all broken people. But our God is a God who sets captives free and makes people whole. So, you see the end of Job. That's why the end of Job is special. A broken man is made whole and is blessed even more. And about David, it is written in the book of Acts, David fulfilled God's purpose in his generation and rested with his fathers. How can a man who went down this road end like this? Because there is a God. You can't do anything about your past, but God can. Just because I can't do anything about my past does not mean God cannot. So he comes to heal the brokenhearted. Then he comes to set the captives free and so many people are captives in their own minds. They are prisoners of the past. Naomi is a prisoner of the past. Mm. Don't call me Naomi. Call me Mara. Why should I call you Mara? Oh, I can tell you my story. <laughs> I went full. I came empty. God is like, everything she's talking is about a past. She's a captive. God has come to set the captives free. If you have doubts, read the book of Ruth again. One verse. Okay. Book of Ruth. Chapter 1, verse 6. She arose with her daughters-in-law that she might return return from the country of Moab. Why? Why did she arise? Again the word, he arose. David arose, right? (laughs) Here she arose. Why? For she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had visited his people by giving them bread. That's how they interpreted They were, she went to Moab because of famine. And she heard, rain has come back to Israel. It's green again. 
people have started to harvest. But how do you interpret it? They didn't say it's raining. She said the Lord has visited and that's why she arose. That is a turning point of her life. A news has come. How do you pass the news across matters? Mm. Some way, word of mouth, somebody brought the news to Moab that the Lord has visited his people by giving them bread. What does it mean? It means rain came, people have started cultivating again, there is good harvest, there is food in the houses again. And that's when she's coming. She got that news. This is God who is orchestrating all these things. Because you know what? The Bible is the history of Jesus Christ. Ruth has to be redeemed. Obed has to be born. Jesse has to be born. David has to be born. So God visited Bethlehem. Because she's going back to Bethlehem. God has visited Bethlehem. Harvest is back again. And she comes during that season. And in, uh, what is his name? Boaz's field. Harvest is going on. That's the time she comes. Everything is planned out by God. She arose. So you look over there. That's what God is doing. But are you able to see what God is doing? Are you able to believe my God is always good? That my God is always trying to work out the work of redemption in the lives of people. He comes to heal the brokenhearted. He comes to set the captives free. That's what he comes for. The spirit of the Lord has anointed me. That's how, this is the way you have to go through. So though she arose and went with her daughter-in-law, she went, she did one thing right. And in that crossroad, there were two daughters-in-law, three widows, both clung to her. Both wept, both kissed. She gave, tell, told them both the same thing. Go back. Go back to your people. One went back. The other followed her. And she said, this is the condition which I am for. reason I am following you is this. Your God, yes, my God, God your people, my people. That's why I am following you. See, that's the only reason you can follow. I'm not following you because there is bread in Bethlehem, because there is bread in Moab also. That's not the reason. That's not the reason I'm following you. I'm following you is because this thing, your God, my God, your people, my people. Okay. And that's, so, see, one, that, that one statement is starting the redemption of Ruth. After that, she listens to the counsel of Naomi. She humbles herself, listens to the counsel of Naomi, and God is able to bring her out of brokenness, Ruth first, and then because of Ruth, bring Naomi out of her brokenness, because you have to see it in the Old Covenant context. In the Old Covenant context is a woman whose bearer is cursed. Mm. She comes out of it. Doesn't matter how much a husband loves you. No, Elkanah tells uh, um, Hannah, "No, am I not better than seven sons?" And it doesn't make any sense because you're not with me all the time. All the women are around me, and they will always look at you and say, "You are barren, ah, useless, useless. No, no children. You are useless, useless." So that is what brings brokenness. Okay, Naomi is lost both her sons. She has no sons. But how does God heal her of her brokenness? By redeeming Ruth. And Ruth has a son. They take the son and put it on her lap. And she says, Naomi has a son. That's how God heals her through it. The whole process. But you have to go through the God's process. There's no other way. Other way. The news has come. The question is, will you go back? God has come. He brought the news. 
God has visited Bethlehem. Will you go back? Hagar also. I will heal you and I will restore you. Problem is this. Will you obey? Go back the way you came and submit to your mistress. You are broken. You are suicidal. You want to die, Elijah. I have this thing. Go back the way you came and anoint these three people at three different stages. But anoint Elisha the Shabbat. You mentor him. Your ministry will be different now. It will be a very quiet ministry. Nobody will hunt you. Nobody will come after you. You don't have to stand before anybody and speak and all. Just mentor my people, sons of the prophet. That's all you have to do. And that's where if you obey, you will be healed. And you will finish well. But if you don't, you will be suicide. Someday you may kill yourself too. <laughs> so God has his way. David powerfully shows the way. Like, no, that's what it is. There is this way of God. And in that way is healing. Amen. The way is the stronghold. Stronghold. Amen. Yeah, that's that, that <laughs> statement. The way <laughs> is the stronghold. Hallelujah. <laughs> it's a very powerful thing. You do that. It doesn't matter how many times you fail. You still get up and go back that way. Repentance is a way. Confession is, is a way. way. Proclamation is a way. All these are ways of God. Do that. Because you don't know what is happening inside. Even the disciples had no clue at the end of the They are all going to betray him. But he looks at them. He said, you know what? You guys, you have enough you. You are clean. Because of my word. There's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a, our bosses when we used to work, they used to say, uh, in, in our labs, they used to say, uh, in, in everything in life, you, you're always looking for inspiration. And he says, you know what? Don't look at, look for inspiration. Keep doing the same thing over and over again. That inspiration will come to you. And suddenly the inter- If you know the path is right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, otherwise it is madness. Absolutely. Like, yeah. If you do the same thing and keeps on getting madness, the wrong result, yeah. that is a madness. But if you know the way, right. this is the keep way, then it. keep doing it. It will come. It will come. come. Inspiration will come. God is also testing you. Exactly. Okay. Will you stay on the course? Absolutely. Will you still stay on the course? So mm. question is, Jesus, Peter comes and says, Lord, how, how many times should I forgive my brother? Seven times? Jesus said, no, stay the course. Forgiveness is not numbers, it's a life. <laughs> Mercy is a life. You're talking numbers. This is not math, this is life. Seven times, seventy. God says, yeah, seven times, seventy. What does it mean? Four, forty-nine? Four, four, ninety? No. He says, that is life. And how can anybody do that? He says, you keep doing it. After a while, you will be a forgiving person. Increase our faith, he Precisely, keep doing it. Automatically, after sometimes people will say, you know what, he's a very merciful man. She's a very merciful woman. How did you become like that? Because you just obeyed what I said. Just obeyed. And inside what, every time you are obeying your way, first it was difficult, second time it was difficult, third time it was difficult, fourth time you lost your temper, then again you forgave. But you are sticking on the road. Some years later, you know, everybody says, you know what that was? It's a very kind person, very merciful person. And you look at that. Is that true? Mm. Is that true? How did I become that? It's the process. It's the the way. It's the process. process. So you have become what God wants Wants you to to become. You are being conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. That image is inside. It's not outside. Though the outer man is perishing, the inward man is being renewed. But for the inward man is being renewed, just obey by faith. That's simple. That's what David did. He arose. He did those eight things. And God says, you know what? 
I may have got myself been sitting in heaven and look at that boy. That's my boy. I told you, you know that boy. Mm, man of the man. Okay. Mm. If God is not in gambling, but if God is in gambling, he'll say, my bet is on that boy. <laughs> he will rise up every day. Devil, you can do whatever you want to do. I know he will go down, but he will rise up. He's a winner. Mm. The fact is that that is what God has said about everyone. You are more yeah. than conquerors. The question is that God has said that to all of us. Mm. The question is, do we believe? Do we believe? And do we believe enough to steadfastly to go back mm. that road, repentance from God, repentance from dead works, faith to God's belief in our baptisms, the laying of hands removed. The hand must have been laid many years ago, but Paul is reminding Timothy, remind Timothy, fan back to flames the gift you received. Not that you, you need to go back. I think my gift is going to, the gift is there. You fan it black, remember? Mother doctrine of laying of hands. Remember I laid hands upon you. The elders laid many years ago. Do you remember? Fifteen years ago. The gift hasn't gone. You don't need to go back and put your head under another hand. or anything. You don't need that. The gift is still there. You just fan it black. Mm. So everything is by faith. Everything is by faith. You go back. You go back. Why? Because future is coming. What is the future? The last two things. Resurrection of the dead. And eternal judgment. These two things are in the future. The other four are in life. Deal with that by faith consistently. And you know what? When it comes, you don't have to worry. You've done what was told you. That's how faith works. Yes, Pastor Vijay, we'll stop there. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's time. (laughs) Yeah, it's time. We will stop there. Okay? So there is always, you know, as long as there is life, there is hope. Amen. There is hope. Thank you, Lord. That's what David will say. Who will praise you in the in grave? grave. <laughs> Shall so let everything you. that has breath praise the Lord. Amen. Okay, so as long as there is life, there is hope. So we shall close. Yeah, we'll close in prayer. What's your friend? Father, we just thank you. We just thank you, Lord. We just thank you, Father. We just thank you. There are so many, Lord. Hmm. Broken, Lord. Yes. Brokenness, broken men, women and children are not decreasing. They're only increasing in the world, Lord. The whole world is being shaken by floods and famine and wars and internal conflicts and homes to whole nations. So much happening, Father. So, so, so much happening, Father. But Lord, the gospel never changes. You're still here walking among your people. To heal the brokenhearted, to set the captives free. It never changes, Lord. Till you come the second time, the gospel remains the same, O oh God. And I pray even today, somebody would hear, believe, and listen to what the Spirit of God is telling them in their own particular situation. Yes, Lord, yes. To go back. Because healing is in that way, Lord. You are that way. You have shown us the way. And it is in that way, the Bible says, by his wounds, we are healed. We were healed, Lord. And I pray, Father, healing would take place now in the name of Jesus. Heal broken hearts. Heal broken people. Make them whole of you. Those who are hearing, who haven't gone to church because they are angry, I pray tomorrow they will go back to church. They will sit there. They will worship. Because no man could have been broken like David was. 
because he knew he had blood on his hands and the death of his own son in his hands. He knew he was guilty. But Lord, the way he rose, only you could have done it through him, Lord. And I pray even tonight, somebody will learn from David's life. Will just arise. Just arise and allow the word of God to cleanse them. The spirit of God to anoint them. And to change. Put on that garment of praise and go to the house of God tomorrow, Lord. And be found in the house of God, worshipping Father. And they will see the earth shake. They will see chains fall off. They will see captives set free. They will see doors opening. Amen. Which yes, shut all yes, the yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes. When the power of man, the power of devil has shut and bolted those doors, being supernaturally yes, be opened open by the power Jesus. of God, oh Father. Thank you, Thank you Lord. That's what faith Receive will do, oh faith. Father. I say, oh, my people will do it, oh Lord. Thank you, Lord. Stop murmuring, stop grumbling, stop complaining, oh Father. Thank you, Lord. Oh Father, help us, help us, help us. We are weak, but you are strong. Amen. Help, help, help your people, Lord. Mm -hmm. For in our weakness, your strength is perfected, oh Lord. Thank you, thank you, Father. If you tarry to come tonight, you give us another day. Pray, everyone will be found in the house of God, oh Master. Thank you, thank you, Lord. We praise you, we worship you, we glorify you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.